So we have a special guest this morning speaking. Um, let's get Emma up, shall we, Emma? Let's well, yeah, give Emma a round of applause. So, um, I, I'm going to start every um, uh, interview off with a simple question, which is, who are you and where are you from? So, uh, Emma, who are you and where are you from? Um, I'm Emma, I'm a special needs teacher and I'm now a SENCO, which is a special educational needs coordinator, and originally I was from Brighton. Oh, originally from Brighton. And um, how long have you been in Eltham then, if you're... Um, I moved up to London and lived in Plumstead from 2000, December 2003, and Dirk was born in 2000, January 2004. And Dirk is your youngest son? No, is... my eldest son. Oh, Dirk. Sorry, Dirk. sorry, Tao. <laughs> Tao's my younger one. Let me just say that again, I'll cut that out. So Tao's your youngest son, and Dirk's at university. Yeah. Yes. So what brought you here to EGCC? When was um, so we had gone to church. We started off going to the Methodist church on, um, in Plumstead. And then we moved to St Mark's in Plumstead. And then when we moved to Mottingham, we started going to St Andrews. And then when I moved into Eltham, we didn't go anywhere for about maybe two years. I mean, we popped in and out of various places, but we didn't settle anywhere. And then Simeon had his, uh, what was it? It would have been his 12th birthday. And um, Taya and Simeon have been at um, Eltham C of each uh, school together. And Simeon had his 12th birthday and invited Tao. And although Teo and Dirk had been at Eltham CV for a very long time, because I'd worked full time, I had never actually met Debbie, Simeon's mum. And so I dropped Teo off at Simeon's house and started talking to Debbie on the doorstep. And Debbie said they were going to be taking them down to play in the church down here in the hall. And I started asking her about... Um, Eltham Green Community Church and um, decided it sounded like the kind of place I wanted to go to and so we started coming the following Sunday and you know really we've been every Sunday that we could possibly attend since. And amen to that. Um, so when did you first hear about Christ or Christianity? So um, I was brought up in a Christian family. Um, my mother and my maternal grandparents um, always took me to church from the time... I can't remember a time I wasn't going to church. Um, it was um, a normal Anglican um, church. Um, so I belonged to the, you know, the Brownies, the guides. Um, so I went, yes, so God's always been there. There's never been any doubt in my mind that God hasn't doesn't exist. He, he's just always been there. And was there a moment where you, some say it in different ways, decided to become a Christian or gave your life to the Lord? Or I can't say that, no, mm. no. I've just always known that there's, he, he's there. You yeah. know, I've always been able to talk to him. From a very early age, I imagine God, I, there must be so many people talking to God that he must just only have ears all round his head. 
<laughs> because everyone must be talking to him at the same time. Mm. So that was yeah. my image yeah. of God from a very, very early age, yeah. that he was there to hear whatever you wanted to tell him. Is there a particular moment that you would say that you could share with us that would be encouraging where God has really done something quite amazing? Um, I just think he's always been there. I mean, there are things like, so for example, once when I was working in Nottingham, um, I had to get to Heathrow Airport on a Friday after school. And um, I got onto the M1, the traffic wasn't moving, I knew I was going to miss my flight, and I was just like, I can't do anything about this. Um, I'm just going to have to sit here and just like, it, it's, not, it's totally out of my hands. And um, I got to Heathrow fully expecting that my flight to the Isle of Man would have gone, and, um, but it hadn't gone, and I was able to get on the flight. But I think it's those kinds of things where things are totally, totally out of your control, mm. uh, and you just have to sit back and know that God's in the driving seat and that he'll prepare you for whatever. I, mean, I think that's something else I'd like to say, is that... Things happen in your life. So, for example, um, I was a teacher for a very, very long time before I had the, my boys, and um, that totally prepared me for bringing up the boys. Um, you know, I had a lot of experience about, you know, um, setting boundaries and all those kind of things. So, really, I mean... Being a parent is the hardest job you'll ever have, but I, I think, you know, like, I do think God really prepares you for, mm. for everything. Mm. Oh, wonderful. That's it. Now, unless you, you want to say anything else. No, no, no. Lovely. Thank you. And, uh, and Teo and Dirk are amazing as well. But, um, okay, let's get our next person, Terry. Let's give a round of applause for Terry. Really milking the old walk down, Terry. <laughs> so, Terry, um, who are you and where are you from? Yeah, um, I'm a gardener, um, like sort of the last 10 years and, well, 20 years. Um, I'm from Lambeth. I was born in Lambeth, just off of Lambeth Walk. And I, I, would, I was back, uh, christened in Lambeth Church next to Lambeth Palace and... Um, yeah, it sort of played a big part in my life, like in my early days. I lived there to about the age of 11. And um, I sort of, I lost my father when I was seven. And that's when um, I started, my mother changed my school and I went to um, a CFE school, um, Holy Trinity School, and basically said the prayers of an evening, put your chairs up and you said your prayers and everything. We didn't have McDonald's in or Wimpy's and... We had just fish and chips and pie mash. Like, I don't even think you had Chinese in them days. Like, you know, so, they were hard times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good times, like, you know. But, yeah. yeah, I loved it. And I loved the song, Lab of Folk. And um, I used to think I was a bit of a sort of cockney and I learned all the slang. And, you know, I was yeah. only about, like, say, 11. But, um, yeah, life was good. And... Um, yeah, uh, I've sort of been in and out of the churches over the years, and I moved to Peckham. I lived in Peckham for quite some years, and used to go, I, I think I went to Cubs and 
I went to the boys' brigade, like, you know, and we used to do a lot of um, marching up and down. And I always wanted to get on the drums, but I never made it that far, you know, and they used to have the trumpets mm. and that. And I think I mad went with the scouts for a little while, but, yeah, I think it's important, youth groups, like, you know, and um, there was a lot more of them about in them days, like, you know, even mm. when I lived in Peckham, I used to go to youth groups and I met... Um, uh, the, the, he, it was a chap called, um, a vicar called um, David Shepherd. He was an England cricket player. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he became the Archbishop of um, Liverpool in the end, like, you mm -hmm. know, and, um, yeah, it was interesting. And, yeah, um, and funny enough, when my dad died, I've got to be honest about it, I think I spoke to Debbie about this, uh, I was so angry, like, with God, like, yeah. you know, and um, I thought, like, if I had all the money in the world, I would want him back, you know? And, um, yeah, sort of, and I carried that for years, that, like, you know? It was only when I, about five years ago, like, I realised it wasn't, like, God's fault. It was, like, human error that actually killed him because mm. he was working and breathing in all this grass right. stuff, like, you know? And uh, it was nothing, you know, I was sort of... Uh, you know, forgiven that at the end, yeah. like, you know, and I realised it weren't God's fault, but someone said it's not, it's not, um, it's okay to be angry with God, like, you know, but, um, yeah, it's all part of my growing up yeah, and yeah. everything, but... So what yeah. brought you here? Yeah, what brought me here, I was um, living locally with me son and daughter, like, I was a one parent, and uh, Jim and Margaret knocked on my door one day, and they start, you know, come in, had a cup of tea, started talking to me. And I, I actually come here about 33 years, 35 mm. years ago, like about three times. I brought my son and daughter in. We had a free dinner around the corner. And I thought, oh, that's good, getting a free dinner. It helped me because I was just on benefits, like, mm. you know. And um, But what brought me here eventually about five years ago was um, I was going to St Andrews up Court Road and... Um, I went there for about 15 years and I become, the last five years, I become a verger and I used to have to robe up and I used to go up on the altar and I was thinking, what am I doing? How did I end up here, like, you know? <laughs> and I was up there with the vicar and I used to have to sort of, sort of do a bow and do this and do the chalices and clean them and everything. And I thought, God, how am I doing? Up here in front of the congregation, like, you know, and I thought, like me, I was the right sort of Peckham lad, you know, and uh, like Falls and Horses, Del Boy and all that, you know, and, um, but, you know, uh, sort of, I've learned, like, even that song they were just singing, I bought a Bible about 20 years ago, and it, this Bible, and it had, yeah, man, is it? I thought, what's yeah, man, what's that all about? Like, you know, and you, it's a learning, growing mm. process, and, mm. you know, I'm still learning every day, like, you know, coming to church, and um, I've learned from, reading the Bible, I'll get me answers that I need sometimes. I don't read it as often as I should do, but I read the Bible and it gives me little answers that I need to know and um, some of the strips, uh, what, you know, Jesus, like, in the boat when um, the disciples were, you know, complaining and he said, like, you have little faith, right, and he calms mm. all the... All these little things yeah. help me, you know, and get me mm. through life and... Um, yeah, sort of, um, then I come here, I, I actually, before I come here, I was going to a church, I was going to a church in Bexley Eve, they had um, an alpha course, and oh, I really... Because they had food, was that? 
Sorry? Because they had food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just get food at the end. That's right. And um, I found the Alpha courses really interesting because they said, if you've got anything silly to say, because sometimes we hold on for things, like, and um, we're not sure about it. And, um, you know, that thing in the... I was talking to... Um, uh, was it the other day? Um, about, like, in the Bible where it says, um, you know, God, uh, Jesus says, like, my yoke's lighter. And I thought, like, he meant the yoke of an egg, like. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, you find out, like, later was saying, yeah. you know, uh, he was a carpenter. And, um, but I went to this church, the Alpha Course. It was what I found got me really believing, like, um, is... Um, at the end of the Alpha course, like after about 12 sessions, I had um, like a spiritual day, like, you know, and um, was in this hall and, um, oh, excuse me, and um, we joined these other groups and um, we was all standing there, like, standing up and we was closing our eyes and the leader was saying something to us, like, you know, like, and, and people were crying and... Anyway, I had this like vision that there was like an angel standing in front of me. And I could see this angel and um, uh, you know, a beautiful angel, white and everything. And um, that sort of the chap come over to me at the end when I sort of come through. He said, "You was receiving, wasn't you?" And I said, "Yes." And that's what I was receiving. That's what really kicked in. And I'm, all them years I went to mm. St Andrews, it you know nothing really kicked in like you know, and that really. Mm got my belief in Jesus. I was more of a God person, but that really got my belief in Jesus. And mm. um, then I started going to churches all around Eltham, and I come here one day, and I was talking to a chap over there, and um, I've, I mentioned this before, and he's looking at me, and I'm he said, you're Terry, aren't you? I said, you're Jim, aren't you? And it's Jim that I saw from 30 yeah, yeah. years ago, yeah. isn't it? And um, I love the music, like the St Andrews is really a traditional church of all the hymns and every, the old hymns and I love the songs here and um, yeah, sort of like, you know, um, one of the songs that was standing out this week after you told me was like Jerusalem. That really, Any time I hear that, I played it on my phone and mm. it just really lifts me up like, you know, but mm. um, what can I say? Um, what I've learned here over the last five years... Um, Jenna put a thing up once with the cartoon with the little funny people, like, uh, don't give up. I don't know if you remember that. And I've learned that over the last five years, don't give up. Like, mm. sometimes, um, you know, not to quit. Like, you know, when God's, Jesus is there for me, and he nudges me on sometimes, I think, oh, what do I do? And he sort of pushes me in on, like, to do something mm. and to say something. And I'm a quite a quiet person. I don't say a lot, like, you know, I sort of, like a, probably a little bit of confidence to come up here sometimes. And I've had like uh, quite an amazing life sometimes before. Um, you know, I've done a lot of amateur dramatics, which I enjoyed, and I've done singing and dancing and acting. But that all sort of, you know, life sort of yeah. changes. And I've come through quite a lot. And what inspired me last year was um, when I was ill in hospital and uh, I was in bed, I thought I was going to die, and people played in the prayer group and that really lifted me up like mm. you know and um after i could i was getting up out of bed after about eight ten days and i found the church in the hospital that and praying in the hospital that sort of lifted me and mm. um it's yeah. sort of like 
yeah, it's sort of given me a crutch. Like, I, know, I know that you said, because um, you said to me, you'll be short about an hour. So Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'll keep it short. Yeah, keep it short. Anyway, that's, that's my first question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fantastic. It's a lovely, because it's a lovely story, isn't it, to see how God is touching you. And what I, I love about you, Terry, is that you're, you are just a London boy, and this is it's, it's yeah. lovely. That's not the only thing I love about you. Just say about Terry. Terry also um, does a lot of work around the church that goes unnoticed. So, um, but I think that's I think that's great what you just shared. So unless you've got anything you want to yeah, say, yeah. So if um, we got anybody, we got some time. Yeah. So you got, got half hour. <laughs> <laughs> if um, anyone wants um, one day to um, have a little half hour hour out in the garden, I can like pass some of the stuff that I learned on from gardening. You know, I'm yeah. not a teacher, but I've got a lot of tips I could probably tell them mm. how to, you know, yeah. prove. So if you need any help in your own garden, yeah. he's saying, not just like he wants to pass on the gardening work onto you in the church. <laughs> I you, can show you, you how to learn, uh, use a lawnmower and petrol lawnmower yeah. and how to maintain it. Yeah. And you can have a go at it. Uh, uh, like, give me a break. Terry can show you his <laughs> pruning technique. It's, uh, it's, quite a, it's quite unusual, isn't it? Hey, this, Terry. Right. Um, Kristen, do you want to come up? Let's, let's have a round of applause for Kristen. So, Kristen, who are you and where are you from? Um, I'm Kristen, um, born and raised in Cyprus, two American, one American parent, one American Cypriot parent. I've been in the UK for about almost 12 years now. Yep. Um, London for about six-ish years. Yeah. So your accent is slowly becoming South East London. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what brought you to Eltham Green Community Church? Um, we, me and my husband, um, Daniel, just moved to New Eltham about ten months ago um, from Deptford. And we just wanted a local church, hopefully. And... Um, when we first moved here, I'd actually been praying about finding, I wanted to do some like one-on-one -on -one Pilates classes with someone who had a physio background. And I hadn't really found anything in general. I've been looking for years um, that was like also affordable and just good and stuff. Mm. And then we moved here and right after moving into the house, I was just having a look on Google Maps and lo and behold, just down the street from me, there was a, on Google Maps, it had like a business of a woman who does Pilates, went on her website, turned out she used to be a physio. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Sent her an email. She replies saying, oh, I'm just going um, to a prayer retreat this weekend, but I'll get back to you. I went to Dan. I was like, oh, she's a Christian too. <laughs> I was so excited. Turned out to be Joanne. Um, had some sessions with Joanne decided to wait until my second session with her to tell her I'm a Christian too. And then just asked her where she was going to church because we were still looking. Um, yeah, and then we started coming here. Mm, it's great. So um, where did, when did Christianity or, or Christ come into your life? Um, I'm brought up in a Christian household, sort of, of, from Cyprus, so it's kind of just everyone's kind of Greek Orthodox, and especially the older generation, because we lived with my grandma. Um, 
So they're just quite, um, talk about God a lot, but more just from an orthodox religious perspective as opposed to like faith-filled. And then when we were about 10 years old, my mom started taking us to this one church because she realized that this church was a pastor that someone she knew when she was younger. Um, it wasn't Greek Orthodox Church. Uh, it was like a non-dominational, international type church. Um, so I've been doing that since I was 10 years old. Um, but then during university uh, was when I, like Christian Union and stuff, was when I kind of made Where the decision more for myself. University? Nottingham Trent. Where, sorry? Nottingham Trent. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's in Nottingham. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so what, what would you say, um, kind of, was there a defining part, point where you went from believing God existed to really wanting to follow um, him? You know? I guess during university, I always, um, I feel like from going from when I was a kid and before that, I never didn't think God was real. Um, my first year in university, I wasn't going to any churches that did Christian Union at all. And then when I was about to hit my second year, I just, I was just like, I feel like I just miss it. Um, growing up church, I think for our family was a bit more of a social thing. Uh, we, I think for my mom maybe, um, we like went because we'd see people and do like potlucks every month and stuff. Um, but I didn't have, and we did Alpha Course one time together, which was nice, but I didn't have any kind of individual faith. But then, yeah, during university, I just felt like I missed that community. Um, so I started, joined Christian Union, and then started trying a different, uh, a few different churches with Christian Union in the area, and ended up going to a couple churches, this one church in particular, which was like a, Hillsong Network Church, um, and it was my first time experiencing a church of that type that was just a lot like louder and younger and mm. bright lights and everything. And I think it just like it it also introduced me to like the idea of having like a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. Mm. And just from there, I kind of went quite quickly. Mm. I was just really like just jumped right in. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you, any particular moment in your life as a testimony that would be helpful to share? Any sort of moments where God has really been real to you in a yeah. powerful way? Um, Other than meeting Dan, of course. <laughs> um, I'd say one of the first moments that I've had that I felt like were without a doubt like a God thing that like no one could dispute and take away from me. I mean, people could still say it's a coincidence, but um, when I just, when I kind of first moved to London, um, I was going to Hillsong in Bermondsey, and we're at church one Sunday, and um, there was a visiting pastor, and he was doing a sermon about, like, forgiveness, and he was kind of talking about this one story about this this woman and, like, her stepfather, and just some stuff that she needed to forgive him for. And I had a really like bad relationship with my father over the years, kind of just like estranged. My parents got divorced when I was like two years old. 
Um, and there wasn't anything like one big specific thing. It was just in general. And I hadn't spoken to him in probably since I was like 17 or something. So maybe like seven years or so I hadn't really spoken to him. And the whole service obviously kind of like was connecting with me in general about like forgiveness and and like this and the story that the pastor was talking about the it it was about abuse and my story is not about abuse but it was more just in terms of you know even though the guy didn't necessarily deserve forgiveness and stuff in that way like you know just how important it is and just like praying to God about forgiveness and things like that and then um and I was thinking oh maybe you know, I should start thinking about doing that. <laughs> it would be good. But then the pastor started, you know, praying at the end over everything he was speaking about, and he was encouraging people to just, just think about somebody that they need to forgive in their lives and stuff. And he was just praying, and he was like, you know, if anyone just think of someone that you really need to forgive, um, and just be like, I forgive you, Stephen. And he was just saying like random names that like anything, you know, just to make a scene. But my father's name is Stephen. Um, and in that moment, I just really felt like God was specifically saying, I need you to forgive your father. And especially because I actually don't call my dad um, like dad or father. I call him Steve. Like if I'm talking to Dan or something, I'll be like, oh, Steve, this and stuff. So the fact is, it, it, it was just in that moment, I just felt like God was speaking directly to me to say, I need you to forgive him. So I was like praying about it and I was like, I'm gonna forgive him. And I was thinking, oh, like maybe I should like reach out and like just tell him I forgive him. And I was just thinking about how I might go about doing that because I hadn't spoken to him in like seven years and stuff. And then, so that was on Sunday. And then on Wednesday, um, I was going to speak to my mom about, like, getting his details and stuff so I could speak to him. And Wednesday, it was, like, midnight or something. My mom calls me from Cyprus, and my father had a heart attack and passed away. Oh. And I obviously hadn't had a chance to speak to him or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and it was such... I didn't realize how upset I would be because obviously I wasn't close mm -hmm. to him. But I was so, I felt so devastated about it. And after that, when I was really thinking about it, I really felt like on that Sunday, it's like God had prepared my heart mm. with forgiveness yeah. before he had died mm. so that after he had died, I wasn't carrying it with me mm. for the rest of my life. Mm. And I just, it was just such a moment of just thinking about how much like God loves us, but just knows, even if we don't know the things that we're kind of holding on to, he knows the things we're holding on to and he will like show them to us and like be like, it's okay, I'll, I can help you let them go. And it'll, and he's just doing it because he knows what he's about to bring into our lives mm. and that we need to let those things go for afterwards and stuff. Mm. And honestly, I don't even think, because I met, Dan just like a year later and and obviously I started dating and obviously now we're married and stuff. I almost feel like even healing that relationship with obviously the most important male figure in my life, I, I don't even think Dan and our relationship would have been the same if I hadn't have had that forgiveness. Mm. Like, yeah, mm. so. That's really powerful. Thank you. 
welcome. <laughs> Round of applause, shall we? <laughs> Wonderful. Dan, do you want to... Round of applause for Dan, shall we? Follow that one. So, Dan of Dan and Kristen. Um, someone did say, are you going to interview them together? I said, no, they're individuals. They're their own individual <laughs> stories. But, um, so, Dan, who, who are you? Where are you from? Uh, so, I'm Daniel. I'm, uh, from, I'm from London. I was born, uh, born and bred here. Uh, Lambeth as well, Vauxhall. Ah. Uh, born in St. Thomas's. So, uh, was, it, was it Terry before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Terry. So, he was describing a few places that I was quite familiar with and recognised. I used to go would have to go around Lambeth Palace to go to school a lot as well. So, yeah, so a few yeah. fellow Londoners in the house. Yeah, so where did, um, how did, well, I guess we know a bit about, it's probably a similar story that you came to EGCC from Kristen. Yeah. yeah. So we'll skip that question, because I'm sure you came <laughs> in together. Um, but, so how did sort of Christ or Christianity come into your life? Um, I think, so I was, I was, like, my grandma was a Christian, my mum was a Christian, so I was born and raised, um, knowing God, um, my grandma kind of was part of a, more of an African church, so there was an element of not know, there was an element that was a bit removed from me in a sense, because they often spoke in Nigerian and actually uh, we did it, they didn't teach, so I got a twin brother uh, called David, um, and we, they never, my mum and my grandma never taught us Nigerian, uh, because they were worried about the time for if we would, not that it happened, but if we would develop accents and if we would be unfairly kind of treated within society. So what happened is they never taught us Nigerian, but often my grandma's being part of a Nigerian church would speak in Nigerian. So we didn't understand a lot of stuff. So I just, I understood faith. I understood Jesus to a degree. I understood mm -hmm. God and there's the Holy Spirit, but I didn't really understand fully how that related to me as such. Um, and I couldn't quite connect with the church. So I think when I was around 12, also, you kind of start getting, as a young boy, you start getting your kind of independence. I kind of, my mum took us to another church, and that was when we got introduced to kind of more of a, uh, I think it was a, it's maybe a C of, C of E. I can't remember C of E if it was a Catholic, um, but it was more quite strict um, in terms, or not, I shouldn't say strict, just quite formal, traditional robes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get a sense of church from like that Terry's either. first church. Probably. I, I might have seen Terry there as a kid. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> I might have been there on that service. Um, but, yeah, so I, I went there. But I, so I always had a connection and relation with God. I always sp spoke to him. But I didn't really understand him. And I think when I became, when I was 15 years old, I decided I don't kind of need church. Um, but... I, I thought, actually, but I still want a connection. So I, was, I was kept reading the Bible. I was like, and actually that was when I started really kind of diving for myself. Mm. And I just thought, oh, I'll just have church myself with the Bible. And I, would, I prayed this kind of religious same prayer, 30-second prayer, um, each day, each night. And it was the same, same words. But what was powerful about that, I think, is because I started getting fed up of praying that same 30-second prayer. It was like, I was like, oh, Lord, bless me and my family. Thank you very much, da-da-da, every night, religiously. And I was just clocking off. And I, get, I got tired praying that. And I was like, oh, Lord, I don't want to do this every day, this prayer. I just want to do it once a week, you know, <laughs> instead. So I wanted to do same prayer, but once a week, not every day. And then, so I started to go to what, once a week. 
with that prayer. And then I had a terrible week. And I was like, actually, you know what? I'm going to keep, I'm just, Lord, no wise, I'm just going to go back to every day. And even though that was a very religious prayer, I find that quite powerful for me because it was like, even though it was very, all the same words, I felt the Lord still wanted me to speak to him, you know, every day, even if it was the same thing. And I think as I was, when I got older, when I started following him properly, I realized how, oh, wow, even that small thing that he still wanted from me, mm. you know. But it was, when I, so it was when I was 15, I started reading the Bible a bit more, still praying the same prayers, but I, it got to, I didn't fully know who God was. I didn't know Jesus, but I didn't know everything. I, and I think it's just, a, it was a gradual process of growing and for discovering mm. it for myself. Mm. And then finally, when I was 18, um, Passion of the Christ came out, and that's what actually uh, shifted everything for me. I think mm. I went and watched it kind of knowing in my spirit that after I watched this, probably things will change with me. Yeah, yeah. So I went and watched it, and then I was like, actually, Lord, I want to dedicate myself, my life properly. And then I got baptized. I found a church when I was 18, uh, got baptized, and then kind of just ever since then kind of been mm. following. So. Yeah, 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 that's great. Is there, is there a, a standout moment that attests to me of something where God's... When I say stand out, it doesn't have to be dramatic or oh, no, I mean, something that means a lot mm. to you that kind of shaped where you are today. Uh, I think, sorry, my phone's buzzing. <laughs> uh, I think for me, there's quite a few. So God's like, I've always tried to try, try and test God uh, in a way of, I believe there's so much he can do and he's capable of in our lives and he wants to do in our lives. Mm. And I've always felt that unless we, I always felt him challenging me, you could either choose to kind of explore me and who I am or kind of go your own way, you know, and believe me, but go in your own way. Mm. And I've always felt him wanting to, I've always felt him wanting to kind of push me to, to try and see what he, I, he could do with me. And I think there's, so the, a lot of things, a, a big way that God works with me has been working with me is like through in my career, just in, in my work and stuff. I have a very unconventional journey in terms of, you know, uh, where I, so I work in film um, and I work for an independent film production company at the moment, but when I was trying to get into f film and TV, um, God's always kind of led me into different jobs and it will be different prompting. So sometimes it will give me a dream, that person, is gonna to come to you and say something about a job and then lo and behold, it will happen. And then, so I know that's his direction or he will say something in my heart, email that person now and that person has a, like I'm after a position and that person has that position. So he's done that like through the last 10, 10 years and he speaks to me quite a lot through guiding me through my career. Um, and I think it started ever since, it started at university. Uh, when I was like, when I was 22 or 21, I was, I have to decide whether I do a placement year or if I um, go back and finish my final year. And I felt God say, Dan, this is the moment. If you choose, well, I got an initial placement year for 12 months and you have to fill 12 months out. Um, and then it got canceled to three months. And I was like, oh, what do I do? In the summer it got canceled. Do I go back to uni or do I do the three months? But then I'm like, Lord, where am I gonna go after that? And I felt the Lord in that moment say to me, you can choose now to trust me for, you know, what comes after the three, three months. Or if you choose to go back to uni, I felt that I would always choose my way. 
I would always be choosing my way. So I said, look, if there's any time to risk it without failing, is now, it's, ju it's just uni, it's three months, you know? And so I took that leap. And when I took that leap, that three months came and God opened another door. And then I would, I would just ask God like, oh, I wanna work in film. You know, can you give me an opportunity to film? And then it's like, after the next three months came, an opportunity to film uh, came up to work in, went to work on a film. And it's like, oh Lord, I'm fed up of this area of film. Can I go work in a visual effects area of film? It's like, after that one, a visual effects area opened up in film. And so, lo and behold, he completed that placement yeah, for me. And that helped me to realize what he could do. Mm. Um, and that helped me to realize who he was. Um, but in saying that, that's not the, I just wanted to share that because that's a big, is a big part of my story. But I think one of the, one of the biggest testimonies is actually meeting Chris, um, of see how God worked in that. Because um, I was, I'm an RN when you were asking a question, oh, what do I share, work or, or Chris? Um, but one of the reasons why Chris is a testimony for me and one of the most powerful signs of his power and provision for me is because one is away from what he does, he's been doing for, to me through work. Um, but I was always kind of like, Lord, I, when I meet someone, I want it to be of you. I want you to be involved in it and part of uh, that process, you know, and also just help me to find someone who's right for me as well in every way. Um, and how I met Chris was, I started going to, to Hillsong recently, and I, I, I wasn't necessarily looking for someone yet, um, but I felt in my spirit um, that you're gonna meet someone in six months, six to seven months. So I, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to connect with the guys first, because that's usually, I wanna connect with, like if I could find fellowship with uh, a group of guys, that was what will keep me staying. But my somewhere ticking in my spirit was like six months or so. Um, and, then, and then I met, so I met a couple of guys um, who were at Hillsong initially and then you know, that helped me to stay because uh, we, we did a, a few things. Um, and then in April around six months or so, six to seven months or so, um, I, I, I met, well no, so three months into the journey, I joined the connect group. I joined my friend's connect group um, and went there like every two weeks. And then look, Chris was part of this connect group, but she never went basically. So yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say. Uh, so Chris wasn't there. So, and then there was one towards the end of the connect group when it was finishing like for the term, cause they break up and this was in the summer coming. So I've been going to the connect group for around three months now this was in the summer, um, Chris actually came to, to what the Connect group, um, and I met her there, but two weeks prior to the Connect group, like she sat in a particular place next to me in the Connect group, not intentionally, uh, no, she sat there first and I moved to her, like she, basically, she was sitting here or something like that, or there, and I was sitting here, something like that. But two weeks prior, there was this seat that I was sitting at now, I saw that seat and I was like, oh, I wanna go, oh, sorry, hopefully this is making sense and not confusing. But two weeks prior, I was at the same connect group, Chris wasn't there and I was like, oh, I should go sit in that seat. And I was being kind and I let someone else go sit there. I was like, next time I'm gonna sit in that seat, no matter what, yeah? Cause it was a nice, comfortable seat, cushion and everything, you know? So, so two weeks now comes, Chris comes to the connect group for the uh, first time. We're about to finish also the connect group for the season and then 
I see, I say hello to Chris. Oh, she's new, and you know, she's talking about her experience. Well, we just meet and greet, and then I kind of just leave it. She goes and sits next to the seat. Uh, so she goes sits right next to the seat that I wanted to sit in. And I was like, oh, do I go there? If I go there, it's going to look like I'm going to try and t chat to her. I don't want to put any impressions. And I was like, I don't care. I said, two weeks ago, I was going to sit in this seat. I'm just going to go to this seat. And, and I went straight to the seat, so I was next to her, pretty much. Or I can't remember the exact ratio, but we were close enough. And then she started giving her, we started the Connect Group. She gave her testimony about her life and some of the struggles she went through. And then I, my heart, I just remember my heart beating in it. I was like, whoa, this lady's really, really, really amazing and impressive. And I was just like, Lord Jesus, just under my, under my tongue, just please, after this connect group, just give me five minutes alone with her, you know? Just give me five minutes alone, please. And I've ne I never really prayed that, but I just thought, I just really want to speak to this lady. And then we spoke. Uh, so because she was next to me, it was easy as well, because I was there. Because if I had been somewhere else, I probably would have just gone off or not tried to make the effort too much, a bit nervous. Um, so we spoke, and the whole room cleared, kind of everyone went their way, and we were just chatting back and forth. And then I went home, and my spirit just felt a sense of that's, you know, it felt very, that's not like, I'm not gonna say that's the one, but mm. it, my, the Holy Spirit was telling me, um, I, felt, I felt an absolute peace from speaking with her, like that I hadn't felt before. I felt very, I was like, oh, there's something here that the Holy Spirit's kicking me about. And so I, so I was like, okay, I'll speak to her the next week uh, and connect with the last connect the following week. But she didn't turn up. So, and, she, and the only reason why she had turned up at the, at the connect that I was there uh, was, I think, because she just decided that she wanted to come. Sorry if I'm turning this wrong, but, but you decided that you just wanted to go out and just go somewhere, something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, You're one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was the, and that was the week. So it was literally that. So when I, so I, so lo and behold, she doesn't come to the Connect group two weeks later. So that was the only time I ever saw her. And then the Connect group finishes for the term. And so obviously later I kind of pursued because I found her number and all of that stuff from the Connect group. And I started pursuing and that story is kind of just like that where, here we are today. But for me, it was the small window that was there that could be seen as coincidence. But actually, it was a window that the Lord had kind of provided and made, an unusual window for her to go to at that moment, uh, for me to be in that connect, for, for the Lord to speak to me and say, around six months, you're gonna meet somebody, you know? And when I met, and then meeting her and as getting to know her, realizing how many similarities we have, she's just kind of the, she's just the other version of me, like we both have si uh, single mums, uh, both raised in single parent homes, she has a sibling, I have one sibling. So we were like the exact, copy but opposite of each mm. other mm. and it was just like oh wow so i and the reason why i share that is because i still use that testimony now now with stuff like anytime i think oh i don't know if this can happen or i don't know if that could happen i always remember how god set up 
Chris and actually how she's very unique and there's a lot of things I asked for that only God knew about, you know, that no one will know about, but that she fulfills in so many ways. And so I always use that as a testimony. I was like, okay, if God opened that, or if God did, if God, if I need that open and God can do that, mm. you know, so, yeah, so that's my main one. Sorry to go on long. Um, am I the last person? You got someone else? Well, um, so, sorry, I don't mean to take up time. No, you're doing great. It's fantastic. Sorry, yeah. That's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> it's, all about, it's all about getting to know you, isn't it? So it's nice, especially you as a, as a new couple in the church, it's nice for us to hear your story. But um, Tracy, you want to come down? I think, it's, I, think, yeah, I think we should get Tracy to come in her... In her uh, and then... You actually made notes as well. Well, yeah, just in case I'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> so I might not have the answers to your questions. <laughs> well, the first question is, who are you and where are you from? So. Right, okay. So um, this, this is all right, yeah? Yeah. Um, yep, so my name's Tracy. Um, I was born in a brand new ward in Queen Mary's at Sidcup. Um, the first little girl born in there. And when my mum left the hospital, she picked up a little boy and took him. So <laughs> left me in the hospital. And that was the start of my life, really. So, um, yeah. Um, we, my mum and dad bought a house in Sidcup. My dad was, couldn't really take the pressure, really. He had a drink problem. And we lost the house. My dad was quite violent. We had, um, then we had rooms in Footscray Road in New Eltham. And one of my first memories is I was about two years old. So this was like, you know, centuries ago. And it was, I don't know if a lot of people here might remember Top of the Pops. Mm -hmm. And I loved dancing with Pan's people. <laughs> so I, I, and I really wanted a night dress on that night. And my mum put pajamas on me and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want pajamas on because I can't swing to the music. So I, I was sort of probably throwing a tantrum. And then my dad came home from work, and I think he'd been in the beehive, and I could smell, apart from the alcohol, I could smell the damp. So it must have been like winter time. And then he started sort of beating my mum up, and he was whacking her with an umbrella, and um, I think the gravy had dried up on his dinner. And I remember sort of going to the window. I mean, I must have been frightened, but I remember looking up to the sky and just knowing God was there. I don't know how I knew. <clears throat> but my, my dad's mum was a Christian. Um, she used to go to a place in New Hilton called Nova Hall Fellowship. Mm. So as I was sort of like growing up, I used to sort of be with her quite a bit. Um, but I always thought she was a bit miserable, really. Um, and, but obviously she must have said so many prayers because she used to talk about Mr. North and Mr. and Mrs. Philpot or whatever when I was really young. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this, but those names have come up recently, you know, and this is like 55 years later. So, uh, and they were, well, Mr. North was quite a big name, I think, in these fellowships. So, um, 
So obviously my nan had obviously prayed for me, so I just knew God was there somehow. Um, anyway, my, my life went on. We, we left the house in New Eltham. Um, you know, they hadn't paid the rent, so we did a moonlight flit. Ended up in Charlton when I was about five. Um, my dad was still really sort of violent. Um, when I was about six, my little sister was born. At that time as well, I started to, to be really fearful and knew that there was something other than us. Um, I used to get a lot of strange, you know, voices and stuff, um, which was really scary. Um, and apart from the fact that my dad was like a lunatic, um, and especially at night when he'd come home from work, you know, because he'd, be, he'd have gone to the pub. And um, I remember one thing, I told Jana this the other day, I used to, I was so scared in the night to go to the loo that I used to get out and do a wee on my carpet. <laughs> I just thought, Mum, did you not realise? My room must have, like, been terrible. <laughs> but when you're little, you're like, I can't go to the toilet because I'm going to get a wax. I'll have to do a wee here. And I was, you know, it's just like, it's just funny thing, you know, funny you think about things now, but... Anyway, so my life went, went on. My mum and dad got divorced. Um, I was about 14 or 15. I'd, I'd sort of heard about uh, people getting readings and stuff like that and Ouija board and whatever, and I think me and my friends had much better than Ouija board. So I was very aware then of the other side of the spirit realm, but I thought it was God. I thought that was Christ, and I was connecting with him. So if you'd have said to me, oh, yeah, you're a Christian, like, yeah. I'm a Christian, um, but obviously I wasn't. Um, so my life went on, my mum and dad got divorced. Then my mum met someone and she left us. So I was about 18 then and my sister was 12. So by that time I was running my own business and I was looking after my sister. And it was, it was, it was hard, but you just, you know, you, you just get through it somehow. Um, anyway, going, going right forward to when I actually met Jesus, I think I was about, I don't know if I was about 36 or something, and six months beforehand, I, I knew that something was missing in my life, and I kept saying to my friends, and there's something missing, I don't know what it is, but there's something missing. And at that time, you know, we've, we've got a, a house in Eltham. You know, we had a, a Mercedes-Benz. Simon was earning plenty of money. But there was something missing. And I was really low, and I just didn't know what was missing. Um, and one day, um, a lady that used to come to this church, Anne Farr, um, her daughter was, used to be friends with my daughter, Daisy, Hania and Daisy. And it was Easter weekend, and it was on a Saturday night, and I, I think Daisy and Hannah had been to a ballet show or something. And Anne was chatting to me, and she said, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? So I said, oh, well, you know, we're going to Simon's mum and dad's, it's Easter Sunday. I said, but you know what? I went, I've always wanted to say thank you to Jesus for what you've done for me, not really knowing what he'd done for me. Um, sorry, going back to six months before that happened, I'd, I was working and I said to, I just said it out loud, I'm like, all right, God, universe, 
whatever you are, whoever you are, I'm ready for my next step. Well, don't ever say that to God, because he ain't good. Um, the next day, I left my job. I think I had a bit of a breakdown. I started painting watercolours of angels. It was the only thing I could paint, really. Um, and about God, which was really strange, because obviously God was probably talking to me, and I just didn't know I was so low. Um, and so going forward to the six months, Anne said to me, why don't you come to my church? I go to church. So I said, oh, all right then. So Easter Sunday come, gets up, comes here. Um, and at that time, we used to have three rows of chairs, I think. And I come in and sat at the back, obviously, because I thought I ain't going down the front, don't know no one. And um, Anne introduced me to Betty. I already knew Michelle Watson. Um, so they'd obviously been praying for me. And Betty said, oh, have you ever been here before? So I'm like, no. So she said, oh, batten down the hatches. Well, <laughs> seriously, she was so right, because it really was batten down the hatches. So we're in the I'm in the meeting, and whatever was going on the stage, I think Phil Watson was praying. And, and I think, I don't know if he said, now thinking back, all I heard him say was something about you, you need to come to the front to get prayer or something, but I don't know what he said, but no one was down the front. I think there might have been a couple of people on the stage. I don't know if someone was leaving and they were praying for him or whatever. So I'm in my chair up there, and I can hear this voice going, go down the front. I'm like, I ain't going down the front. It's go down the front. And I am sort of could feel this presence, and I'm arguing with this presence. Go down the front. I'm like, all right, and I just said it out loud, I went, all right, and I come down the front, I'm like, what am I going to do when I get to the front, and I knelt down on the floor, I don't know, I just, I just didn't know what to do, so I just put my head down, and Betty come to the side of me, and she knelt down, she went, would you like me to pray, I went, uh, yeah, if you like, she went, what do you want me to pray for, I went, I don't know, so Betty started praying in tongues, and I thought, oh, she's praying in French. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she's saying, but anyway, didn't feel anything, whatever. Got up, went back to my chair, and probably at that time, Anne and Michelle were probably like doing cartwheels in their spirit, thinking, what has gone on with Tracy? Um, left, left, left the church that day. Went home, picked up the kids, Simon, went to Summer's mum and dad's, and their friend was coming for Easter lunch. And when they come over, they're like, oh, Trace, Trace, take my watch, do a reading for me, because I could always pick up on stuff. And I knew immediately not to do it. And I don't know how I knew, I just knew not to do it. And I'm like, oh. So I sort of held it for a second, said a couple of things and give it back. I thought, that ain't right. I don't, I don't want to do that. Anyway, the day went on. Got up the next day, Easter Monday, and I was like a lunatic. I was singing around the house. Um, sing, Hosanna, sing. Simon thought that I'd lost the plot. Um, my best friend at the time, 
came over to visit and we were really, really good friends, like really, really close. And she bought this red leather handbag and I love handbags and shoes. And I'm looking at this handbag thinking, why don't I like that handbag? I, you know, I'd love that handbag, but I don't like this handbag. Oh no, that sounds really stupid. But that's how God sort of talks to me. Anyway, so yeah, Simon, that week I had some crazy mad stuff going on. I had the feeling that I wanted to fast. Um, I didn't know about fasting, never, but I just thought I'm gonna fast. Mm. I thought, yeah, I'm gonna fast. So that day, I was, I don't know, I was probably just drinking tea and the kids wanted fish and chips for dinner. So I got that, you know, sat in the back room and I sat in the front room and I'm like, oh my God, those fish and chips are like, oh. I'm like salivating. So Sonny come in and went, mum, do you want this? Because I don't, I don't want these, which is not like Sonny because he loves his grub. So I was like, oh, I just could have one, just one chip. So I went to pick this chip up and this, audible voice that only I could hear said, put it down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> just, it's just so funny. Um, but I think God has to get my attention like that because my brain is sort of like goes all over the place. And then on the Saturday morning, I got up early and I'm like, all right, God. Like, you really, really are there. But by which time I thought, yeah, I know you are there because Simon had thought I'd turned the children into the Flanders children off the Simpsons. He was like, what have you done to my children? And they're like, they've got crosses, they've got balls saying Jesus loves you. And, like, you know, I've got Jesus music playing. And I, it, God hit me like a, you know, like a firework. And I got up this really early Saturday morning. And I'm like, okay, God, if you're there, like, I want to walk with you today. What would, you, what would you like me to do? You know, because I'm just so, like, fantastic. You know, I fasted. I'm, like, so holy. I didn't eat that chip. <laughs> so God said, forgive your mum. So I went, mm. well, I can't forgive my mum because she's at the market. It's really early. She'll be setting out. She never has a phone on, you know, my mum would never sort of have a phone on, a bit like me, we're not like into gadgets and stuff. And I really meant like, do you want me to pray for like world peace or something like that? Not really forgive my mum for leaving me to bring up my sister and blah, blah, blah. And God never said anything else. So I'm like, come on, I don't want to do the forgive me mum bit. What, what else do you want me to do? Nothing. It was six o'clock in the morning and my phone rang and it was my mum. Now this is, this, my mum's setting up her business. She doesn't ring me at six o'clock in the morning, it's not gonna happen. So I answered the phone. I'm like, mum, you all right? She's like, yeah, I went, you at the market? She went, yeah, she said, you've been ringing me? So I'm like, no. Went, no. She went, oh. So I went, all right. I went, Mum, I forgive you for leaving us all those years ago. And it gave me my relationship back with my mum. You know, she was heartbroken, I was. Anyway, <clears throat> we got our, our act together. My mum became a, a Christian of some sorts. Um, 
And about four years after that, my mum, um, she wasn't well. And we knew that she was going to die. She had like a couple of months anyway. God give her about six months, which was amazing. <clears throat> I mean, the people here at church were really brilliant. They've prayed me through so much. Like Margaret and Jim have been like a spiritual mum and dad's amazing. Dee and Jana and all the ladies, trees are everyone, there's me. Margaret, everyone, so, so many people prayed for me. And about a day before my mum was going to pass, it was just me and her sitting in the room together and she was brilliant, my mum. She was just very easy to deal with. She said, I think, um, I think it's my time, Trace. I'm all right, Mum. I think, oh, man. So I said, all right, Mum, do you want to pray? And she went, yeah. And she was very ditzy and like a little, little blonde, ditzy, nutty person. And she, um, she went, dear Jesus, I think I'm ready to see you now. Can you come get me? And I think within 24 hours she was gone. Um, it, was, it was just amazing as she was, literally she was taking her last breaths and it was very quiet and serene and amazing. And God just took her and there was no like, you know, like the death rattles and all that, none of that. Um, and I was like, go on, mum, go on, go for it, mum. My sister was sobbing, my mum's partner, Bill, was sobbing and I'm like, I'm like excited. I'm thinking my mum's dying and I'm excited. This is the right. Um, but I just knew where she was going. I knew she was going to be all right. And then she passed. And literally about an hour later, God gave me a vision of her. And I was just sitting there. My sister was putting all these quilts on my mum, going, Mum, you're cold. I'm thinking, yeah, she's dead. And I'm just sort of sitting there. And God just showed me my mum. And she was really quite young looking. She was probably in her early 30s. And she had her blonde bobbed hair and her big gold earrings. And, and she was twirling around going, Trace, I've made it. I've made it. And I just knew that she was with God. Mm. And I was like, oh, just knew. And I never, I would never want my mum back here in a second. Never forgot she died. You know when people go, oh, I forgot my mum died and I was going to ring them. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want my mum back here. She's up in the glory whooping it up and thank God, thank God, thank God for Jesus because that wouldn't have mm. been. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so there have been many, many uh, amazing things that have happened in my life where God's got my attention. You know, the list goes on and on and on well, and I don't do think we've got time. Two. Yes, yeah. yes. So you've done the introduction Yes, yeah, so that was the introduction. <laughs> so, right, yeah, lovely. anyway, God is good. Amen. Oh, thank you, Trace. Brilliant. So, I realise um, I realise it's quarter past twelve, but um, just to finish, we're just—it's it's been lovely. I think I, I hope that you've, un, you know, recognised God works in very different ways with different people. He's very personal, isn't he? And I think it's just lovely just to sort of hear from people uh, what their story is.